Hi, I'm Dr. Jim Hoven, your host of the Difference Makers Podcast. This is a place where people come together that are making a difference for those who want to make a difference, and that's you. We're bringing thought leaders together in a sense of fusion where ideas and concepts and personalities are all driven together into one place at one time, and this is no different. In this episode, you're gonna see cool things from cool people making a difference. Hi, let's get into our topic today, which is what are some cool habits that you can do that can help you have a great day today, but also set you up for an incredible 2024. Now, I'm gonna give you some habits that you may not be familiar with. In fact, you may have never heard of, but I think are really cool. They're things that I've taken into my life and incorporated into my practice, specifically in the mornings for me, but we all know that there's things that you should be doing, right? You all know that you should eat well, you know that you should exercise, you know that you should watch your stress, you know that you should have great relationships, and we can talk about all those, but what I wanted to give you, I hope were four pearls of four basically unconventional items that you might be able to try or consider trying as you're going through the things that you wanna put into place in your life that will drive you to a better day, better outcome, better cognition, better production, better relationships, all those other things, I think these can help. And you might not have done them before, so this is gonna be really cool. So the first one that we're gonna talk about is getting morning sunlight. Now, why morning sunlight? The answer is that basically when you have morning sunlight coming up, the frequency or the wavelength of those uh, sun rays is different than as the sun gets higher or as the sun goes down. Ideally, we would get the first sunlight of the day and the last sunlight of the day in order to maximize sunlight um, efficiency and effectiveness. But for today, we're just gonna talk about what happens when you get sunlight first thing in the morning. When you get sunlight in the morning, what happens is that you're actually focusing the sun's energies coming through your photoreceptors in your eyes, and it's making your body start to wake up based on what's called circadian rhythms. And the circadian rhythms are responsible for setting your sleep cycle and helping with hormone production. So what has been shown again and again in research is that people who will get light first thing in the morning have a higher dopamine response, which leads to all kinds of cool benefits like improved mental health, improved hormone balance, improved sleep cycles, and decreased stress. And the next question you're probably gonna ask is, well, how much should I get? The answer is it depends, but if it's a bright sunny day and you have clear view of the horizon where the sun's coming up, it only takes somewhere between five and 10 minutes. So it's not something that takes a lot of time for you to get a lot of benefit from. On cloudy days, if you could get outside for up to 30 minutes, that's fine. And depending on where you're at in the world where you're watching this, if it's somewhere that is um, like on one of the poles where it's dark a lot, uh, that becomes a little bit tougher. Now, the question that probably stems from what I just said is, well, can you get this by artificial light? And the answer is yes, you can but the best way is by direct sunlight, not with sunglasses on, go outside, and don't look straight at the sun, you guys, by the way, that can cause problems. So you wanna be looking in the direction of the sun, but looking at it um, just with your eyes open, no filtered glasses, that kind of thing. Now there are lights that you can get so that if you can't, if your work schedule doesn't allow you to get out in the morning or you know, kids schedule things that you've gotta do, if you can't make morning sunlight happen, there are lights that you can buy. One of them, probably the easiest one, is one of those ring lights that you use if you're doing videos and that kind of thing. The frequency of that light, the brightness of that light is going to act similar. Now, it's not as good as the sun, but it's really good. Now, it's 
people will ask, well, if I'm just looking on a sunny day out the window, is that going to get that for me, whether it's through my car windshield or a window at work or at my house? And the answer, unfortunately, is no. As it goes through that glass, it's literally cutting out 50% of the intensity of the light, no matter if it's tinted or not. So you want to make sure that you're keeping it direct light, eyes to eyeballs to sun, so to speak, or out in the air, or one of these cool lights. And you can look online and find any number of lights that will work for the purpose of, of uh, getting that similar natural sunlight that helps the circadian rhythms, helps hormone, decrease stress, increase energy, increase sleep. So that was number one. The next one that we want to talk about is heat and cold exposure. Some people hate getting in the cold, right? Specifically cold water. Uh, some people don't like getting hot. Now, interestingly enough, the reason I put them together instead of dividing them is because they have a lot of similar benefits. So if you are a person that absolutely detests the cold, if you can get into heat that's hot enough, like a sauna, let's say, then you can get a lot of these same benefits. And interestingly enough, what those benefits are, it includes helping with recovery, getting, if you have heat, it's taking blood to areas and it's helping with recovery because the oxygen in the blood, uh, if you're taking cold, the same thing is going to happen. It's going to help in recovery because it's cutting down inflammation. But whether you're getting heat or cold, you're also going to get benefits with different sorts of immune system function and stress reduction. Now, if we take it to heat only, and just to give you a little parameter here, the heat can't just be like, oh, it's 80 degrees. You have to really heat your system up. That's why sauna is a great idea. And the sauna, what you want to look for in a temperature in a sauna is 150 degrees or above. And the time that you'd want to be in the sauna is somewhere around 13 to 20 minute sessions. And if you could do a 13 to 20 minute session and then get out and then get back in and get out and get back in or do a few of those a week. So basically, if you're getting somewhere around 60 minutes of um, sauna a week or heat a week and in a sauna, again, 150 plus hot tubs, eh, you know, your water's not going to get that hot and you don't want it that hot, by the way, you start burning stuff, but uh, you hot tubs will do it to a degree, but not like a sauna. Otherwise, you can um, get into some of these really um, inclusive clothes where they're they're not allowing heat to escape. They're trapping the heat and then start walking or moving. That's going to increase that core temperature. But all of that stuff is going to really, really, really help improve um, different sorts of longevity pathways. So whether it's heat or cold, the body, it's called hormesis, the body wants to respond when challenged by heat or by cold. And when it does that, it turns on these longevity genes. And so whether you're using heat or cold, that's good. And oh, we got to go to cold too. When we're talking about cold, it's, you can do cold showers and that's fine. And then you can do cold plunges and that's fine, but you have to be careful. Be, by the way, uh, if you have any his, uh, issue with metabolic diseases or uh, any health concerns in general, please talk to your doctor before you go jumping into extreme temperatures of heat and cold. But when it comes to cold, the best way to start, don't worry so much about the temperature of the water that you're getting in. Be concerned with how it feels to you. It should feel uncomfortable and like you want to get out, but you can tolerate the cold. If it's so cold that you have to get out, it's too cold. And you, because you want to be in there for 13 minutes a week. So you don't have to do it all at one time. You might do three minutes one time, two minutes the next time, five minutes the next time. But if you can get to 13 minutes a week, you're going to get the benefits of cold exposure. So we've talked a little bit about heat and cold. Now, what they also, both those things will do, they will help with your energy and your focus. So think about this. You know how when you get cold, how everything kind of wakes up? 
Well, if you set yourself into deliberate cold exposure, it's going to mimic that, um, that waking up sense and it's gonna drive that into the day. But if you're having sleeping issues, it's cool because if you get into cold before bed, what does your body wanna do naturally? It wants to heat back up. And so if you wanna do heat or cold at night, it's a good idea to look at not doing the cold too late because you want your body to cool down at night. So you would wanna do heat right before bed, but if you have some time, you can do cold. I like doing cold in the mornings. That's what I like to do. And that way it gets me uh, charged up, ready to go. And then my body starts to kind of heat up for the rest of the day. Um, cold's also great for, or heat and cold also, sorry, are great for helping with your, um, your cognition. It's gonna help bring blood flow to the brain and it's gonna give you that wake up sim signal that we talked about. So those are some heat and cold benefits. Um, heat, another great thing with heat is it's been shown that if you're getting significant heat exposure over time, like we talked about in these parameters of somewhere around 20 minutes at a time, up to a few times a week, that is gonna help with cardiac function, uh, decrease hypertension, helps with dementia even, and Alzheimer's. So there's some really good benefits, but you have to do this stuff. It's not like a one-time thing. It's something that has to be part of your life. So let's move to the next one. The next one is breath work. And breath work can be defined in a lot of ways. And there's so many different patterns, breath patterns that you can do, ranging from something called box breathing, where you would inhale for a count of four, hold for a count of four, exhale for a count of four, hold for a count of four, and then repeat that cycle. Uh, it goes from something very stable to that, to something that says, we're gonna breathe in for a count of four, we're gonna hold four times that long, and then we're going to exhale two times as long as we breathe in. So for example, if we held in for a four count, we would hold that for 16 and then we would exhale for eight. Now you can move those numbers so that if you inhale for five, then you hold for 20 and exhale for 10. So that formula holds consistent. But no matter what kind of breath work you do, the key is be consistent with the breath work, doing it some every day where they have shown that over just doing this for a few minutes a day can decrease your heart rate and your blood pressure. Now, here's, here's something cool to know about breath work and breathing. When we breathe in, when we take a breath in, it's gonna actually trigger the brain to raise our heart rate. There's a lot of physiological mechanisms by it that we don't need to go into for this, but it raises the heart rate. So if we wanna lower our heart rate, then we focus on the exhale. So that's why when you take some of these breathing patterns where you're having a longer exhale, you're gonna force that, the, you're gonna tell the brain to force the blood pressure to slow down, the heartbeat to slow down, heart rate slow down. So depending on what you're working on it for, you might wanna make a static breathing and it's a great stress reliever. Doing a static hold breath is a great stress reliever where this box breathing of hold for four or breathe in for four, hold, breathe out for four, hold all of those on a four count. Re they use that in a lot of different training, uh, especially training instances and some of the military folks will use this kind of breathing technique in order to manage or mitigate stress. Now breathing can also be used on the other side. So we, we often think of breathing as relaxing, helping with immune system, helping tie things together so that we can get better sleep. All those are benefits of good breathing, but breathing can also be used to help increase focus, cognition, and energy. And then it's gonna be fast breathing. So if I'm breathing in a rate that's really like, that's gonna be more towards calming things. But if I start going, 
Now I'm increasing my heart rate because I'm focusing on my inspiration and I'm bringing lots of oxygen to my brain in a very short time. That's going to make my brain get really active really quick, increase energy and get me cognitively kind of primed in for the moment. So that's another way that you can use breath work in order to help. Most people think of it on the relaxing side, but it can be used in, in little bits to help increase how we do what we do or our cognition. So that's the first three. I have one more for you, and that is visualization. This is one that I, I have a word of the year every year, and my word for this year is visualize. And it's something that I've done for a long time where you spend time thinking about something in the way you want it to be or seeing it the way you want it to be. That's the common route of visualization. I did a little, a little research on this, and interestingly enough, the most powerful forms of visualization aren't simply seeing what you want. For another word, let's just say that you have a goal and you see yourself being at, I'm going to make up a number, you see yourself being at 15% body fat, right? That's in, to some of you, that means something to some of you, it doesn't. But if you said, I want to be 15% body fat and you just picture this mind in your mind, what it would look like to be at 15% body fat in clothes with your shirt off, you know, whatever. And so you're looking at these things to see how it would look. A lot of people consider, like I would say 90 plus percent of people think that's what visualization is. And that is truly what it is. But when they've done research on visualization, the interesting thing was found is visualization also has a very powerful component if you include another two elements to it. The first one is visualize what happens if you don't get there. So it, go the opposite. So instead of 15% body fat, let's just say you became 50% body fat because you didn't do the things that you know you need to do and because you didn't follow the process and you didn't chase the dream of 15%. Of now at 50%, what would that look like? What would that feel like? And that pain, and Tony Robbins is famous for saying, we, we all move towards either towards pleasure or away from pain or the carrot or the stick. Most of us will move further faster to get away from a stick than we will for a carrot. So by spending just a few moments thinking about what you don't want and then ending it, so starting and ending it with what you are looking for, that seems to really bolster the results of visualization. Now there's one more component that was new to me in visualizing things that I've, I've started really implementing in my own life and that is visualizing the elements, the pieces, the what are the steps in order to get what it is that you're visualizing? If you want to buy a new house versus have 15% body fat, what are the steps that have to do? How much do you have to save? And then picture yourself, visualize yourself doing those things, engaged in those activities and doing them successfully. So three parts, visualize what it is that you want or what you're looking for, the outcome that you're looking for. Visualize the opposite of that, but not for very long. Just get that picture in your mind and then visualize the steps that are there that will require you to get to where you wanna go. Now there's a super, super, super important piece that underlies all of that, and that is putting emotion behind it. Emotion is the driver, the catalyst that helps these things come to light. So in other words, if you're visualizing this, this um, body fat scenario that we talked about earlier, picture what it would be like if you were walking to um, meet someone that you love and you guys are going to a nice restaurant or something and you're in the perfect shirt 
that fits your body because you're at 15% body fat or a sport coat or a, a dress if you're you know wearing dresses, whatever. Just picture yourself how you would walk at knowing that you're at 15% body fat and what it would be like when you're with that person and you're going into that restaurant and you're making a great food choice and you're having an incredible meal and that's with the image that you have of that. That feeling is the, is the catalyst that drives the speed at which visualization turns into action, turns into reality. So that's a really, really, really big point that some people miss. And, and as I'm working through visualization, again, it's my word of the year, so I'm doing it every day. And just so you know, for me, I visualize my health and I have several things that I visualize in my health. I visualize my, basically, we'll call it my professional life and then we visualize my relationships. So there's the three things that I visualize, three big categories, and then I have subcategories that I do every day. And I spend somewhere between 15 and probably 30 minutes doing those things every single day where I just add those, those steps. I put those steps together that I was sharing with you where um, I see what it is in my mind and then I see what it doesn't look like or what I don't want it to look like but I'm doing that with those emotions and then I see what steps do I need to take and I see me taking those actions. So for my health stuff, for when it comes to my workouts, I see me putting in the work. I know the movements I have to do and I know what they feel like and I'm putting all that into my mental cue before I ever go do the workout for the morning. So again, I know I connected a lot of workout, but you could connect it to buying a house, you could connect it to getting a job, you could connect it to having the love of your life in a great relationship, all of these things you can visualize and activate through the steps that we talked about. So those are the four things that I like. They're unconventional, they're um, not necessarily super, super mainstream, but by now they're getting some traction, you may have heard of them. There's lots more of these things that make a great day, everything again from um, making sure that you're saying thank you, I love you, um, I'm sorry, to eating right, to uh, you know going for a walk and getting exercise. All these things are there. But here's what I would ask of you. If you have some of your favorite things that you do every day, send them to me. Because if they are making a difference in your life, maybe we'll do an extension of this and we'll do another one of these and we'll get the top uh, four, five, ten of things that you guys are finding and then we'll explore them a little bit. We'll do a little bit of research on them. We'll tell you why they work, how they work, and then we can do an uh, updated episode on this. So that's it for today, but here's what I would ask of you. If you're enjoying this, please leave a five-star review, uh, share this with others, like us on our social media platforms. We're all over the place on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and er everywhere you can think of. Pass this around because we do really wanna make a difference. as a as a Difference Makers podcast, if we're not doing that, we're not hitting our mission. So by you doing those few things, it would mean the world to, to me, it would mean the world to us, and I know that it'll make a difference for someone else too. So until we get to meet again, please get out there, keep doing what you do, and keep making a difference.